Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, and we'll be looking at verses 17 through 26. These past several weeks, again, we have been looking at the different miracles of Jesus Christ, and we have looked at how these miracles prove His deity and how they also show how he relates to each one of us and how he meets our needs. Last week we looked at the different purposes for Jesus' miracles and today we're going to return to his miracles as we go into the Easter season And we're going to look at him healing the paralyzed man and how this shows a different way he relates to us. If you would, again, look at Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. It's written, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that the Pharisees and doctors of the law sat by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was in him to heal them. 
Then behold, men brought a man lying in a bed which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the press, they went up on the house and let him down through the tiling, bed and all, in the mist before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this that speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? But when Jesus perceived their reasoning, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, Rise and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath authority to forgive sins in earth, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up his bed, whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, praising God. And they were all amazed, and praised God, and were filled with fear, saying, Doubtless we have seen strange things today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship together. And Lord, I just pray that you would illuminate your word in our hearts, Lord, and just help us to understand what you would have us to understand today. And Lord, I just pray that, again, if there is anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that you would open up their hearts today and let salvation come into their home. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship. Just hide me behind the cross and give me the words to say and just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. And again, Lord, we just lift up those that are sick and shut in, those that could not make it today, those that be traveling. We just lift them up to you, Lord, and just ask that you would just be with each one today and just give them a blessing and just touch and heal those that need healing, Lord, and comfort those that need comfort. And Lord, I just pray again that you would be with us today and just overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now in this passage of scripture, we see Jesus healing someone that was sick of a palsy or they had this paralysis where they could not move or walk. And this miracle is also recorded in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9, verses 2 through 8, and it's also recorded in Mark chapter 2, and that's in verses 3 through 12. You'll see this same miracle recorded. So what we see here is in this passage of Scripture, the first thing that we see is that Jesus is in this house and he is teaching the people, and we see that the Pharisees were there listening to him, and also some of the doctors of the law. And while he was in this house teaching, you had all of these different people from the surrounding area coming into the house because they knew that he had power to heal. So they were coming to be healed by Jesus Christ or to witness his power of healing. And in this group of people, we see this man and his friends coming, and this man was paralyzed, and he was lying on this bed, and 
the bed, when it talks about a bed, basically it was just a mat. It's not a bed like we would think of a bed. It was just a straw mat that they would lay on. And he was on this bed and his friends were carrying him upon this bed. And when they got to the house, they couldn't get in. And what they wanted to do was lie this man at the feet of Jesus and let Jesus heal him. But because of all of the people that were surrounding Jesus, they couldn't get into the house. So what they did is they get onto the roof of the house and then they removed some of the tiling that was on the roof and then they lowered this man before Jesus Christ. So they were determined to get this man before Christ so that Christ could heal him. Now, look at what happens. Did Jesus heal the man? First thing, no. When Jesus sees their faith, He says, man, thy sins be forgiven thee. He forgives the man's sins because of the man's faith that he had. But what's so significant about that statement? If you look, the first thing that you're going to see is this is the first time that Jesus declares he has the power to forgive sins. It's the first time he had said it. So with this one statement, Jesus is declaring himself to be God because only God has the power to forgive sins. Now, you're going to have some people, these, you know, what I like to call the long-haired liberal theologians out there that will sit there and say that Christ never declared himself to be God, right here he is declaring himself to be God because he is saying he can forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. And with this statement, Christ is saying, I am God because I can forgive sins. So he is announcing his deity here because only God can forgive sins. And then second, what is the need he is meeting here? What was the greater need of this man? To walk or to have his sins forgiven? What's the greater need? To have his sins forgiven was the greater need. So when we look at Jesus meeting needs, what we see is that Jesus will meet our greatest need. And this man's greatest need was to have his sins forgiven. But if you go back, and let's just, let's just look at this statement just a little bit closer. If you go back and you look, 
just in the Gospel of Luke, what you're going to see with the other miracles that were recorded right before this, Jesus never declared that he could forgive sins. So the first miracle that you're going to see is when you had that large catch of fish, when, when Peter and the, the other men were out there fishing and they hadn't caught anything and Jesus tells them to go back out and then to cast on the other side of the, of the ship and they catch all these fish and the boat almost sinks. When Peter gets before Jesus, what did Peter say? He said, depart from me for for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. But when Peter said that, because he saw the power of Christ and he saw that Jesus was God because of this miracle, he asked Christ to depart from him because of his sins, but Christ never said, your sins are forgiven. Instead, what did Christ tell him? He said, follow me. Follow me. And then when, if you look in verse 12, when Christ is healing the man that had leprosy, cleansing that man that had leprosy, this man had faith because we see that he was asking Christ for healing. But Christ never declared that he would forgive his sins. He cleansed him of the leprosy. Yet here, when Jesus sees these men's faith, he forgives the man's sins. Why did he say that? Again, first, I believe that he was responding to the man's need. The immediate need of this man was not to walk. Instead, it was to have his sins forgiven. So what we see here, first, Christ will meet our immediate need. And what is all of our immediate need. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, your immediate need is to have your sins forgiven. And Christ will do that. So Jesus is meeting the true need of this paralyzed man. Secondly, Christ knew what was going to happen once he declared this man's sins forgiven. He knew that the scribes and the Pharisees and these doctors of the law were going to accuse him of blasphemy. So he is using this occasion to show these people that he is God. To declare himself to be God and the promised Messiah. Look at verses 20 through 24 says, when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Now look at what happens next. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this that speaketh 
blasphemies. Who can forgive sins but God only? But when Jesus perceived their reasoning, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether is easier to say, Thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, Rise and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath authority to forgive sins on earth, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thine house. So when Jesus forgives this man's sins, the scribes and the Pharisees, and the, they began to reason or think within themselves. Now they didn't say anything out loud. They thought it. And Jesus knew their thoughts. And what were they thinking? They were saying, well, this man's blasphemy. He's committing blasphemy because only God can forgive sins. But Jesus knew what was in their thoughts and look at what he says. He asked them a question. He asked them a question. And look at the question that he says. What reason ye in your hearts? What reason ye in your hearts? What are you thinking? That's what he's asking. What are you thinking? And then he says, is it easier to say thy sins are forgiven thee or to say rise and walk? So think about that. What's the easiest statement to say? What's the easiest statement to say? Your sins are forgiven based on your faith or rise and walk. For us, for us mere humans, the easiest thing for us to say would be to look at someone's faith and say, your sins are forgiven based on your faith. But we can't forgive sins. We would just be making a statement. And none of us has the power to say, rise up and walk. I mean, we would not be able to heal someone that is sick of the palsy and paralyzed unless we had apostolic power. So the easiest statement would be, for us, would be to say, your sins are forgiven. But for God, both are easy. Because he can do both. He can forgive sins and he can heal. So what Christ is asking them here is a rhetorical question. The answer is already known to him. But he's also proving a point to the scribes and the Pharisees to show that he is the Messiah and that he is God. 
and he can do both. So when he said your sins are forgiven, to show them that he had power to forgive sins, then he heals the man. He meets the man's secondary need. He met his first need, which was to have his sins forgiven. Then he meets the man's secondary need, which is to walk. So when he asks this, what would be the easiest to say? To him, the easiest thing to say is both. And that's what he did. First he forgave sins, then he heals the man so that he can walk. Showing that as the promised Messiah and God, he can do both. And then he has, in doing this, he shows them that he has the power to forgive sins. So he tells the man, arise, take up thy bed, and go into thy house, and then look at what it says. Immediately the man gets up. Immediately the man gets up and goes back to his house, praising God. So what we see in this miracle is first it proves the deity of Jesus Christ. He declares himself to be God and saying that he can forgive sins. And then he proves that he can forgive sins by showing the power to heal this man. And it also shows that he has the power to meet our need. Our immediate need, forgiveness of sin, and then our secondary needs that he can meet. But what else does it show? And I want to look at this from a different angle. Let's look at this from a different angle real quick. How many times have you felt that you couldn't function that everything just seemed to be beating down on you and you felt hopeless? How many times has that happened? You were at wit's end, you felt like you couldn't go on, you were sad, you were depressed. Just different things compiling upon themselves. For each one of us, it could be numerous times during the week. It could be one time. Who knows? We're all different. But we have all felt that way. Now, think about what did God do for you during those times when you turned to him? What did he do when you turned to him? He did the exact same thing he did for this man that had the palsy. He lifted you up and put you back on your feet. That's what he did. He lifted you up and put you back on, the feet, on your feet. He gave you the power to stand and to go on. And that's what he does for each one of us when we feel this way. 
when we turn to him. He helps us to stand and to go on. He gives us the power to stand. And this is how God helps us. And he does this through the indwelling Holy Spirit when we turn to him and ask. So during times of trial, he lifts us up. He helps us to stand. He helps us to walk, and he gives us the power to do this. And this is one thing this shows, how God helps us to stand on our feet. Just as he gave the paralyzed man the power to stand and walk, healing this man, Jesus does the same for us. That's another way he meets our needs. Not only does this passage show his deity, not only does it show how Jesus is proclaiming his power to forgive sins, it shows how he can lift us up during the rough times of our life. But for him to lift us up during the rough times of our life, what must we do? We must turn to him and rely on him. Because we can't make it through this life on our own. We need his help. And we need to turn to him at all times. And all we must do is turn to him. This is what the friends of that paralyzed man did. They turned to Christ. And Christ gave that man the power to walk by healing him. And he can do the same for us. Look at what happens when he turned to Christ. His sins were forgiven and Jesus lifted him up and helped him to walk. And he can do the same for each one of us. All we must do is turn to him in faith. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, I just thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for all the many blessings that you've given us. And Lord, I just pray that as we come before you during this time of invitation, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. And overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.